Hello, Wonders. Welcome to the Wonder Woman podcast, where we drink our coffee. You ladies know that we collaborate and we champion the chaos. I am so excited for today's podcast, Revolutionary Thinking. We have the phenomenal, the Wonder Woman herself, okay, Dr. Sequita Sutton. I am so ecstatic to have the doctor on the podcast with us today. I hope that you guys are tuned in and ready for some awesome content, some insightful uh, revelation concerning the mind and revolutionary thinking. Uh, this awesome woman is a certified expert life coach, therapist who specializes in energy perception, leadership, and metacognition coaching. She is the CEO and founder of Sequita Sutton Global Enterprises, LLC, a coaching organization which focuses on therapeutic life training. Sutton is the creator of the Superhero Training Program, a spiritual counseling program that unlocks creative leaders by aiding them in discovering their natural thinking processes. I absolutely love it. Everything mind, everything psychological, I absolutely love it. So we are going to get into the interview for today. Dr. Sutton, please say hello to us. Hello, everyone. Hello. I am so excited to be on the podcast. Um, revolutionary thinking. I love it. Thank you so much, Jamika, for having us on. Absolutely. So, uh, Dr. Sakriti, we're going to get right, right into the questions, right into the interview. And uh, the first question is, how do you think the racial injustices are affecting African Americans' thought life? How do you think it is affecting us as a people mentally, our thought processes? Well, of course, um, it's going to affect everyone differently, everything that's going on, because what we understand about the mind and about the brain is there are two separate things. Number one, the mind is the consciousness of uh, and your imagination. So it is what you are consciously aware of. The brain is what interprets the activity. It interprets and sends out messages to throughout the body. And so that is um, the part of the brain that can, connects with our functionality, how we function in the world. And so basically, how people are perceiving what's going on is going to determine the kind of mental effect it is going to have on their mind. Not only how they're perceiving it, but um, also past reference points, the kind of atmosphere and environment they're in while everything is going on. All of those things play a factor as to what's going to go on with the um, overall mental health of a person. And so when you think at it, when you look at an African-American thought life and the studies that have been done throughout the ages, um, this study has been going on. It really started around 1980 and then got, got really heavy in 2000 where they started looking at some trends in the African-American community and the thought life of the African-American community. And the number one thing that was resonating over and over is that African-Americans felt um, more times than not that they uh, had a hopeless life and that 
they could not um, cope with all of the issues, whether it be poverty, um, lack of jobs, the um, environment they were in, the violence that they were facing. And so they had a generalized anxiety, is what the studies show, um, a high depression. And so those numbers keep going up. We have not seen a decline in it. We see more and more of chronic health problems. We see more diseases that continue to creep up as a result of this um, actual thought life. So it has been an ongoing problem to the fact of um, their thinking of making this whole racial tension, this racial issue, the things that African Americans have gone to a national mental health crisis because of what the black community has had to experience throughout the ages. Wow. Wow, I had no idea that studies showed that African Americans struggled mentally because they thought their lives were hopeless. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. And, and, it's been going, and this study has been, this has been going on for years. Over the course of years, these studies have shown. These studies have shown it over years and to the point where um, they focused in, they, it was so wide, but then they had to focus in on discrimination um and and the the reality was is that the uh african americans who had perceived discrimination as well as those who had actually um felt and actually had discrimination both said they felt that they had no control over their life and the result of that was a loss of life loss of livelihood loss of well-being and so even in the workplace they felt discriminated against they felt that they had no control no say so and then go to go home in the home environments and still feel like there is no control and it causes loss of life. And so the overall thing is that the thought life of the uh, African-American community has been traumatic. And we see trauma on top of trauma yeah. on top of trauma. Yeah. And the, the brain is just not designed for that. And although the brain is amazing, um, it, it needs a break. It needs a break. Right. Uh, and so it needs to be able to um, have a, some downtime where it begins to reshape, reform, and heal. And so that's one of the places I know that we need to start in, in our communities is, is healing. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Um, what can you say, Dr. Sutton? What can be done to reroute negative thought processes with this with this study and knowing um, the mindset or the, the mentality as far as so much trauma uh, happening mentally with the African-American community and, and feeling hopeless with, you know, discrimination and just, you know, being an African-American period with some of the things that the African-American com uh, community experiences, what can be done to reroute these negative thought processes? Um. <laughs> That's a great question. And I'm going to start with one word um, here. It has to be intention. One, that, uh, one thing that we have to start out with is, number one, intentionally change, intentionally decide that I have to do something about 
my own thinking. I have to take care of my own thought process. Right. So being intentional about doing that. And another word that I'm going to um, use right here that I think is equally as important is awareness. And I think that um, awareness is what gives us the ability and the strength and the power to do something different to begin to say, I have to become aware as a black person, as a person, as a human, period. I have to become aware of my mental faculties and the health of my mental faculty. I have to become aware of how I think. I have to become aware of how things affect me. And after I hear information, what is my response or my reaction? Because if I'm having a reaction, then I am not in control of my thinking. If I take the time to respond, then that says, I I have taken control of the way I think and I've chosen intentionally how I'm going to respond to this. As, as human beings, we have this default mode network where our brain um, begins to react based off of definitions and interpretations and our files that we have already tucked away on Nisa night in our, in our memory bank, in our library. And so whenever we get new information in or something is happening, the first thing that your brain does in order to compensate so that it does not have to um, go through the processes of trying to learn and do and redo everything, yeah, because yeah. It, is a, it is a supercomputer, the first thing it does is pull from your files that you already have. It has, it pulls from definitions that you already have. And so right. you have to take a moment and say, I have, before I react to this, I have to take a a moment and choose my response and and the only way I can do that is I have to become aware that if I continue to just react I am killing brain cells if wow. I continue to just react I am aiding in the demise of my own mental health if I continue to wow. hold things like anger and toxins in my and fear in my brain and in my psyche then i am i am causing my own aging i am causing my own degeneration i am wow. causing my own memory loss and so becoming aware that at some point whatever people out there are doing to me i can i can fight that through laws i can fight that through the things that we're doing to help brain change but when it comes to taking care of me i have to take care of my mind through my own choices and I cannot leave that up to anybody else that has to be my own awareness so becoming aware and intentionally doing opposite of what the reaction is what? that's right the, the first reaction that comes, uh, whether it's I'm going to curse you out or I'm going to get angry or yeah. I'm, I, I got something to say about this, becoming aware and then intentionally doing opposite of what um, the first reaction is and saying, mm -hmm. OK, I have another I have another choice. And so our nervous system is automatic. It, 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 it is autonomous. And so what happens is it, re it reacts very quickly, but it reacts based off of, like I said, information that you already have. But that's not the only system you have. You also have what is called an endocrine system. And an endocrine system is a slower release and it causes us to be able to respond because it now brings in a hormonal release and it allows me time to think. It yeah. allows me time to 
feel, I can still have the emotions that I'm having, but it allows me time to feel and think. And the more that I think, the more my brain grows. And the more my brain grows, the more I open myself up to divine intelligence and not just data. And so a lot of times wow. we're just getting in data. I data, love that. <laughs> okay. Data is unorganized facts. Wow. It may be factual, but it's still unorganized. And every day, all throughout the day, you're receiving, I'm receiving, everybody is receiving a whole bunch of data, unorganized facts. Well, the brain is a supercomputer. computer, And so it has to take all of those unorganized facts and then it has to begin to process it based off of definitions and things that you've given it and based off of life experiences and then it will organize it for you and when it organizes it for you then it will present it to you as real information that you can use if it's usable then it's real information if it's not usable then it is still unorganized facts and so as uh, when you're looking at what can i do to begin to regulate and and, and begin to um, um, reroute those negative thinking, you have to begin to ask yourself, is this usable? Is this usable information or is this going to keep my life, my mind, my thinking unorganized? Because if it's unorganized, it is still data and you cannot do anything but data, but test it. Test, data is made for testing things. Data is made for coming up with how we can form and get to the end of the scientific equation. But yes. it is not what we build life off of. We use the information for that. And so you have to test it. Oh, my goodness. You said mm-hmm. a mouthful, Dr. <laughs> you said a mouthful. What, one thing that stood out to me while you were talking is you talked about reaction versus response. And reaction mm-hmm. is where you are not in control. You have not intentionally taken control of right. what's going on. But then a response is where the intentionality comes in to where you are being intentional you have made a choice to take control of what are you what are you going to do how are you going to respond you know what are you going to be thinking about i absolutely love that then you got into data and and and, and divine intelligence and you know i was like yeah i'm not in church so i'm not going <laughs> Who wonders? I'm loving this information, but you went from data, data versus the divine and data being unorganized um, information and data being, you know, is used for testing. Oh my, I should have took notes, guys. I should have took notes, but thank God I'm recording. So I get to hit the replay. Um, Okay, let me get myself together. I, that just, that blessed me. I, everything that you said, it was so many gems. It was so many nuggets in that. Um, next question is, how do we alter our thinking from ordinary to revolutionary thinking? The, the brain in and of itself, I'm glad you asked that question because um, we can get caught and, and easily into just ordinary thinking because as i said earlier the brain is so cool that because it has to work so fast and it's processing so fast we we ordinary thinking is where the brain pulls out what we call 
canned responses and scripts. So that means when you're just ordinary thinking, you're running off scripts. You're not running off of new thoughts. You're running off scripts and pre, whatever pre-written scripts that have already been there and canned responses. So canned responses look like if somebody say, hey, how are you doing? And we say fine. You're not thinking about saying fine. You're not even really thinking if you are fine or not. It is a canned response because right. it's in there. And so the brain doesn't have to think extra to give that response it just gives it and so that's ordinary thinking but mm -hmm. when you revolutionize your thinking and you begin to say okay i'm going to um take my brain outside of the can and i'm going to get outside of the box responses that means that i'm going to again think about what i'm thinking about and because i mm -hmm. when i'm in when i'm in can responses and when i'm in ordinary thinking then i subject myself through this to this process of what is called rumination and rumination is when you get stuck in mentally rehearsing the same things over and over mm -hmm. and over again which wow. causes depression it causes depression it causes a depressing of ions we're made up of electrons protons ions right so whenever depression hits and rumination hits it causes a depression of those ions because the ions now says feels like loss whenever whenever the ions get depressed it feels like there's a loss and whenever there's loss the body becomes unstable the mm. brain becomes unstable yeah and so that means that whenever I'm in that place, I'm just doing ordinary, canned, predictive, over and over, the same routine, same responses. But if I'm going to switch that to revolutionary, the brain is able to do that because the brain has what we call neuroplasticity, meaning it can be shaped, it can be molded, it can be stretched, it yeah. can be remolded, it yeah. can heal from trauma, and it is your ability to reorganize so in order to switch your thinking from ordinary to revolutionary, you got to first start reorganizing and reframing things. You cannot hold the same definitions and the same frames that you've been living life out of and say, I'm going to go to revolutionary. In order to revolutionize, you have to change your definitions that you've given yourself. And that now that's that's good talk, but it's easier said than done because right. sometimes letting go of our definitions means letting go of our loyalties to things we thought were true, things that we held as dear, and that means breaking away from some of this cultural stuff that keeps yeah. us living the same can responses. So in order to do that, I have to change my definitions and begin to reframe my world. I heard yeah someone say once that history is just lies that we have agreed upon and passed down to others wow wow right? <laughs> wow <laughs> so if you're going to revolutionize your thinking yeah um, especially during this time especially in the african-american community we've got to begin to say to ourselves you know are we just going to keep passing down the same definitions yeah. for history the same definitions for ourselves the same definitions for what life means are we going to continue passing down the same programming because i cannot revolutionize in the same program I have to be willing
willing to update the program. I have to be willing to change the software. I have to be willing to yeah. change my definitions. And that means I have to expose myself to more than just my culture. I have yeah. to expose myself to more than just my environment. I, Because the brain, in order for it to learn something different, in order for it to see something different, in order for it to go in your emotional library and pull out another definition, it has to have something else to pull from. So right. the more the more uh, bilingualness, the more multiculturalness you give your brain, the more it can have to um, choose from, which makes it revolutionary because it means that I don't have to accept this definition just because everybody else is doing this. That's not the only thing that I can do. I have a different choice. And so that's how you begin to move it. You have to expose yourself past your culture, past your tribe, past the events that are going on on TV, expose yeah. yourself past your pain yeah. you have to expose yourself past what it is that you've been rehearsing every day and decide that okay I'm going to rehearse a different narrative I specialize in neuro-linguistic programming meaning we are rerouting these neurons and we're doing that by what we rehearse the story that we rehearse instead of it being the one the story controlling our narrative yes. you take power back and you control the narrative yeah. and you decide and that's how you begin to revolutionize um, your brain and your thinking because you're going you're coming away from those canned responses for for myself um, for instance for myself I no longer ask people how you're doing because I know when I ask them how are you doing you know that's going to uh, create that canned response oh mm -hmm. I'm doing I'm doing fine so now I intentionally say oh how am amazing is your day or how good has your God been to you today or something that's going to have to cause them to think past the mm. normal response that they would give and mm. revolutionize the thinking. Oh my goodness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was an extensive, detailed, insightful response to my question. Number one, we're coming out of rumination. Did I say that right, doctor? Yes, yes. Rumination being stuck in those canned responses. Am I understanding that right, doctor? Absolutely. Oh my God, that that is that is insightful and informative just all by itself. Coming out of those canned responses, getting out of rumination, exposing yourself, your mind to different cultures, to yes. different people, to different information. Um, just having a diverse, diverse exposure will help mm -hmm. take you from ordinary thinking to revolutionary thinking, coming out of the same mundane responses, the same mundane routine will help us get over into revolutionary thinking. Did I get that yeah, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I'm telling you, I'm not going to be on the podcast with this amazing woman and not implement some of these practical things that she has given us today, just uh, talking about rerouting, getting over from ordinary thinking to revolutionary thinking, coming out of rumination, coming out of those cam responses, exposing yourself to diversity, to differences, so that you can come out of what you're used to doing, come out of how you're used to functioning, 
and stepping over into something new, something revolutionary, something different, something unconventional, something out of the norm for yourself. I love it. I'm, I'm bubbling. I'm bubbling over <laughs> here. Okay, doctor, what are some practical applications to augment mind stabilization? So right now, you know, people's minds are everywhere i'm talking about it's like roller coaster you know with, with you know different things that are going on and their mind is north their mind is south east and west and there's a lot of instability uh, uh mentally that's going on in our community what are some practical applications that you can help us with to stabilize our mind to get control of our mind well, you, you said it so clearly when you said that the mind is like right now, it's like a roller coaster. And that's because, you know, we've gone from a pandemic, COVID-19 um, virus, yeah. and, you know, and everybody, that in itself was an adjustment because now you're going from a everyday busy life of doing things to yeah. now we have to um, be quarantined and we got to get along with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, have, you, you have to face yourself and, and believe it or not, that is very difficult for people to do because that is why we stay busy. That is why um, a lot of times we turn the TV on when we're in the room because we don't like the silence because when the silence comes, then our thoughts have to also come and we don't necessarily want to think about what we're thinking about yeah. but in order to in order to grow in order to change in order to stabilize there has to be some thinking about what you're thinking about until you can get to the uh, to the place where you have stabilized and then you don't have to live off your thoughts you don't have to live off your thoughts at all wow. when you actually stabilize but until you do then you have to think about what you're thinking about and when uh, um, some practical things to do that is to number one uh, you know, really just shut down, like reset, really allow yourself to reset mm. and, and step away from it all. I think that sometimes we feel like when things are happening in the world, we have an obligation to be a part of everything that's going on. We have yeah. an obligation yeah. to see the news. We have an obligation to look at, the, to hear the stats. But you also have an obligation to this right here, to your brain, to your yeah. mind. You have yeah. an obligation to your health. And so that may mean that two, three days out of the week, I don't turn the news on at all. That yeah. may mean I just turn it on to catch up to what I need to know and get enough data so my brain can give me correct information. And so that may mean I need to do that, but then I need to schedule time to just say, okay, I'm going to move away from that. I'm not going to do that. And so um, meditation is one of my key things that I love to go to as yeah. far as being able to stabilize is to meditate. And um, uh, unfortunately, that's something that's not necessarily talked about that much in our communities, right. um, meditating, especially, and, even in, and even in the church world, because we go too quickly with, let's just pray, let's just pray. And right. prayer and meditation is not necessarily the same thing. And prayer Prayer is great because prayer is consistent conversations, but most people are praying out of desperation right now. They're yeah. praying out of anger and they're praying because they need hope. But what yeah. meditation does, um, meditation stabilizes the eye. Meditation stabilizes, mm. it brings you out of a split mindset into a single mindset. And because, and when you do that, you're stabilizing eye. And what I mean by stabilizing eye, 
everything that is happening is happening. Um, you're, you are at, uh, experiencing different things, but you're experiencing them based on your perception. Everybody's right. experiencing life based on their perception. Your world, my world is based on how I'm perceiving what's going on outside of me. And so that's why we'll all have a different responses. So you are not your experience though. You are not your experience. And so since you are not your experience, you have to understand that the experience is happening inside of I. Mm. And so you have to stabilize the I. If your eye be single, then the whole body is full of light. So if you begin to bring that eye into a single focus, and what I mean by that? So people say, I had a bad day. I went to the store. Yeah. I got to go to work. I got to do this. So everything that's happening is happening inside of I. There's yeah. nothing that's happening that's not happening inside outside of I. Now, when you talk about happening inside of I, now we're talking about the mind. Because the mind is now my consciousness, my conscious awareness that I am connected to everything in the universe, my conscious awareness that I am a part of something bigger than myself. And right. so that means because I have a consciousness, I have to begin to get into that consciousness and stabilize by, you know, meditating. I stabilize by finding intentionally things that I'm going to be grateful about. Um, get up in the morning and write down two or three things that you are grateful about. Do yeah. it before you lay down in the afternoon. Gratitude is an attitude that will help to stabilize the mind. Wow. And what we've seen, what we've seen in different studies, that there are some people who naturally have an optimistic mindset. And there are other people who naturally have a pessimistic mindset. Right. And the reason why is because the pessimistic mindset, um, people automatically go to that because they feel like they've lost hope. And those people are what we call more apathetic. And their energy levels are very low. And so mm. if that's you and you know things um, normally set you off and cause you to lose hope, then that means you can't listen to everything. You definitely right. can't be around everything. And you have to intentionally do things to bring your energy levels up. Energy levels are big and huge for stabilizing the mind because mm -hmm. the more your vibrational energy is excited and happy, the more your mind can stabilize. Another thing that stabilizes wow. the mind that's very simple is smiling. Smiling wow. stabilizes your mind. Wow. Uh, begins to stabilize the brain. Smiling tells your brain that everything is good is better and so when you smile what you have in your face is um, muscles that are called zygomaticus muscles those zygomaticus muscles once they're activated they release a peptide chemical that now goes to your brain your brain sends out what is called neuro it has neurotransmitters and it sends out a chemical message that tells the body okay you can stabilize now because we're smiling and it says to, to the body release the chemical of joy Released everything that's happening inside of you is wow. a chemical equa it's a chemical reaction going on. Wow. Everything. And what people need to be aware of is that for every emotion that you're having, your body makes the peptide that matches your emotion. So mm. if you're having an emotion of anger, then the chemical peptide that is released off of the emotion of anger is poison. You are releasing poison into your body. So if you stay angry 
for longer than 30 minutes, then you have left the emotion of anger and now you have gone to actually poisoning yourself. So in order to stabilize, whenever you feel anger and you say, I need to stabilize, first you got to ask yourself this question, what am I really upset about? Because a lot of the, the stuff that people say they're upset about on the surface, that is not what they're really upset about. Right, what, right. What, what is it that I'm really upset about? And then I'm going to uh, honor that, begin to honestly answer that, and then take three deep breaths. When you breathe, you also stabilize your mind when you breathe. You take in three deep breaths. You're going to take them in through your nose. And you're going to release them through your mouth. When you take them in through your nose, you're going to push your stomach out, activating your diaphragm. When you activate your diaphragm, you have what is called medically inspiration. That is the, that is the medical term for it, inspiration. Wow. Whenever you're getting inspiration, you're getting divine intelligence loaded into your brain. You're getting help loaded into your brain. You're getting wow. solution-based thinking loaded into your brain whenever you're getting inspiration. That's why when you go to the doctor, the doctor tells you before they tell, when they start listening to you, they say, take three big deep breaths for me. Right. And then after you take the three deep breaths, they tell you now breathe regularly. And the reason that they do that is because they want to hear how you sound after you've gotten all the gunk out the way. They want to hear how you sound after you've gotten rid of all the toxins and stuff that was flowing through your body. And wow. so whenever you take those three deep breaths, then the true thought process can start coming up because you need to hear how you sound to yourself after you get all the stuff out of the way because right. the answers are inside of us. The power is inside of us. There's that's right inside of us. And there's the ability to stabilize inside of us. But we got to get all the stuff out of the way first. And in order to do that, we have to breathe. We have to practice intentional breathing. And so taking those three deep breaths, smiling, and also um, technology in this way is a big help because there are some websites and one in particular that I love is called Happify. And if you go to that website, it gives you um, methods and ways to just make your life happier, to wow. understand how to be happy. So using the tools and resources that will begin to uh, um, release the emotions of happiness and getting that energy up, whether it's um, dance, getting up and dancing, walking outside, nature walks. I love nature walks. All of those things stabilize you because they remind you that you are alive. And wow. that reminder that you are alive, that you are connected to something bigger than yourself is a real big stabilizer. And another thing, um, the last thing I would like to, uh, I like to use is I, I, I make sure that I don't live my life in labels. And I try to tell my clients mm -hmm. that as well, come out of labels because labels require definitions. And the more you label yourself, the more you have to live to the definition of that you've given that label. So if you just wow. say, I'm going to label myself as this, this, or this, then you live your life experiences out of this, this, and this. And so, so, so whatever those are, and sometimes they can have negative labels. Sometimes they can be positive labels, but the more you get used to labeling, the more you get used to living by the label of the, and having the experience based on the label. And so if you are going to choose the label, choose the label of life because life is supposed to always be lived in abundance. And yeah. so if we get a consciousness 
about life, if we get a consciousness about the, what it means to actually have the human experience, then we move past having a black experience, yeah. having a white experience, wow. having a Christian experience, having a Baptist experience, wow. having a sick experience, having a whatever experience, then you go to having an abundant life experience and the more alive you are the more you can do the more you can think the more you can be and the more you can give the planet of your vibrational frequency that's about who you are so get out of the labels and stop labeling your life and categorizing and defining good or bad and happy or sad by an experience or by an event you are not the event. You are not the experience. So you, in order to stabilize, you have to, it has to be intentional. You got to make some choices and you got to begin to reframe and you got to say, you know what? I have got to do some real applicable steps, breathing, smiling, dancing, choosing choosing that i'm not going to live by this experience i'm going to i'm going to expose myself to something different and so uh, um that's how you begin to stabilize stabilizing the eye start with self don't try to start with everybody else start with self when your lower self meets your higher self and they come together and begin to harmonize that is when you have entered into what i like to call the god conscious mind and when yeah. you enter into the god conscious mind and that's it doesn't that's not a religion that's a way of being that is, yeah. that is that is the consciousness of who we are we are we are created by a divine intelligence that is continually unfolding within us and in unfolding within the universe and yeah. when you become a part of the universe the entire universe and you look around and see how amazing the universe is working when you become a part of the universe you get out of the small-minded thinking and so but it takes baby steps and the baby steps that you choose first is starting with something simple like being grateful and then and then you begin to talk to people who are at a higher energy level and, and hang out with people who are at a high energy level and begin to bring that energy up and then find reasons to smile and and, and then use some of the the tools of meditation and happify and yeah, good yeah. music and you know uh, uh, um being with somebody that you love and loving yeah. on that person and letting them love you uh, uh, having having great sex doing yeah. things that give you and uh, the opportunity to release in other ways other than anger other than fear other yeah. than tears other than um um being upset and other yeah. than rehearsing the same trauma oh my goodness okay let me say this wonders I'm just going to uh, uh, restate one of my favorite statements that Dr. Sequita Sutton said uh, regarding this question. She said, let the labels go. Let me just paraphrase. I could have just, I could have just shouted, you know, guys, y'all know me. I could have just shouted, let the labels go because labels require a certain definition. Oh my God. Dr. Sequita, I'm going to restate that as an amazing quote, and I'm going to tag your name, I'm going to give you all the credit, but I'm definitely going to put that on my social media. 
let the labels go because labels require certain definitions. So yeah. then you're locked into this label because you keep mm -hmm. talking about and stating and reiterating and declaring this label that you're living your life up under. And then the definitions come with it. So you're surrounded by this particular definition and you have no diversity, which goes back to being stuck in, uh, uh, what is it, remuneration? <laughs> rumination yes rumination yes. rumination yes. guys I, i'm a sponge you guys know i'm a sponge yes, and i'm like soaking it. all of this information in it is amazing the practical steps these gems these nuggets that dr sequita is, is stating on the podcast today and uh if you just soak it in just become a sponge and jot down some of this practicality, these baby steps, like she just said, it will lead us from ordinary thinking to revolutionary thinking and also rerouting our thought processes. Dr. Sequita, you are uh, becoming one of my favorite Wonder Women. I just want to oh, let you know. Oh, thank you so much. I just <laughs> want to let you know. Okay, so last question. We have, tell us the importance of protecting the health of your thought life, which you have said so much that um, already that helps us protect the health of our thought of our thought life our imaginations the way we think the rerouting the trajectory of our thought life um elaborate on that a little more the importance the importance of protecting our mental health and how we think um i'm so glad actually this question is in here because i am an advocate for mental health i believe that if you need to talk to somebody you talk to somebody and right. somebody who's qualified to talk to you yeah um, that means that it may you can't just get your advice from your friends I, I, they love you but a lot of times misery loves company so we have to talk to somebody who can help us get away from i think it and 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 the question it says about the importance of protecting the health of your thought life and i want to dig down in here just a little bit because most people are not having their own thought life Ooh. and so you cannot protect the health of what's not actually yours oh and my god and a lot of people are focused on protecting a program thought life it's a thought life, but it's a program thought life. And that's what's becoming unhealthy for us because we have been focused on, we have been hard at work protecting our programs, protecting our loyalties, protecting our life across the board. Every, everybody has been doing it. We have been pro, uh, uh, um, hard at work on protecting the programs because we think that this is what makes me who I am. And if I let go of this, I don't know who I'm supposed to be without it. And I'm too scared to discover it. I'm too scared to decide if I'm going to like me without this. So we are hard at work protecting what is not our actual thoughts. And so when you begin to dig down into your actual thoughts, your world changes. The world we have, whatever you're living in, whoever we are, whatever you're living in right now, even through this pandemic, even through the racial uh, um, injustices, whatever is going on in your world is because of your thinking. I'm not saying what, what things that have happened to people. I'm right. talking about their reactions to it and right. what causes and consequences that have came up out of that is because of the thought life. 
It is because of the thought life. As a matter of fact, I had some clients that I was talking to and they were telling me their um, um, experiences with Caucasian people. Mm -hmm. And and, and they said, well, when when we walk in the mall, they look at us funny and they look at us like this. And I said to them, I said, has anybody ever actually said anything to you? And they said, well, no, nobody said anything to us, but we just felt like we just felt like and i and i had to explain to them and begin to ask them is it is it them or is it the way you were thinking when you went in and saw everybody else and right. you saw that th- that this was different and you automatically begin to place yourself lower you automatically begin to say wow. they have a privilege that i don't have wow. and because they have a privilege that i don't have i automatically see myself as the grasshopper in the situation oh. did you put your own thinking that way and because of your thoughts is that the experience you had because of your thoughts and then and then and then they begin to say well you know what actually yeah because no everybody was really nice to us we just was we just was thinking that way about ourselves and so but but what does that come from that comes from a program response that comes from a program thinking that says you don't have this you're not allowed here you don't have enough privilege you don't when did you check with other people to be great when did we start having to check with other people for permission to be great to be when did we have to start begging for for to, for permission to understand your own privileges as a human being. Yes. And when we stop thinking our own thoughts and we start asking people for permission or for people um, asking people to teach me how to think like this, or I'm going to think like this because you said I had to think like this, then what we begin to protect right then is not our own thought life and that's not healthy, healthy at all. So now when we think about how do we protect our real thoughts? Because now that all of these things are coming to the surface, some real thoughts are, are going to come out because we are going to have to rewire. There's no way we can move forward without rewiring. There's no way we can move forward without having some honest conversations with ourselves, with our families, with our history. There's no way we can move forward and actually have change and actually have change and, and act not just change, but progress. I, I actually want to scratch the word change because a lot of people have change with no progress. Yeah. So, and actually have progress is that we're going to have to change our definitions. We're going to have to change the way we do things. We're going to have to change the way we see things and progressively change the way we're doing those things. So it, when we go forward and now we're looking at things differently and now we're having real thoughts, thoughts of life, thoughts of love, Thoughts of I can do it. Thoughts of I can be it. Thoughts of the fact that, you know what? Life is good and all is well. Thoughts of I'm going to just let let today be a great day and I'm not changing. How do you protect it? How do you get up when you decide today is going to be a great day? I'm having an amazing day. You have to intentionally set that. That's one of the things that that is a, a practicality. Intentionally set your day. Intentionally decide today is going to be a great day. Now you say that. How do you protect that? How do you protect Mm. that? That means that you decide that the day is going to be great and you're not basing that decision off in an event. I'm Mm. not basing the, (laughs) it's great because I'm great. 
is great because yeah. the way I love myself is great. It's yeah. great because I get to live it and I get to choose. And so it is very important to protect that. And I'll tell you why um, mentally and health-wise is important to, to when you decide your thought and you go with your thoughts and they're good and they're positive, it's important to protect it because if you are having a love thought, then your, your brain grows and your brain begins to have longevity when you're having a love thought. When wow. you're having a love thought, then the brain lights up and, and all of the colors and all of the regions of the brain light up and they're functioning at high capacity. Whenever you're having a fear thought, then what happens is your brain begins to darken and toxins are released in the brain. Those toxins that are released in the brain are what we call um, a chemical called glutamate. Well, glutamate is a is not necessarily good or bad, but it is where it is like a neurotransmitter. It also sends um, messages into the brain and to the other parts of the body. But it is um, the excitement transmitter. And when you stay at over excitement, when you stay too excited in a negative way, then mm. what that glutamate does is the levels go too high. And when those levels go too high, now instead of your brain, uh, instead of you having excitement and instead of your brain being able to function now your brain starts to get fried because it is like taking your brain wow. and putting it in acid it is like taking your brain and putting it in acid and so when we look at that that it is important to not allow your thoughts and your mind to be overstimulated by too many things at one time that means that i cannot let the media overstimulate me i yes. cannot let the i cannot let my friends and family, every time somebody called me up, they want to talk about the same thing that's going on. Everybody right. got something to say. That's right. overstimulation. I'm watching the images on TV. Then I'm watching it on Facebook. Then I'm watching it on Instagram. Then I'm watching it on Twitter. Then I'm talking about it with my family. Then yeah. I go to church and we're talking about it. Then yeah. I go to work and we're talking about it. That is too, too much overstimulation. So now that glutamate is released at a higher toxicity. And what happens is I've taken my brain and I've set it in acid. And now that acid is causing degeneration. It is killing off cells and it's causing memory loss. It is causing uh, um, degeneration, which is causing respiratory problems, which is causing chronic diseases to set up in my body, which is wow. now causing now the, the result, the end result of glutamate to too much of high levels of glutamate is death. So it is causing brain damage. And when we understand that I have got to either talk to somebody find some ways to begin to stabilize myself, then what I'm doing is I'm damaging my own brain. So it is very important to um, protect the health of your thoughts. And you got to start by getting some authentic thoughts, thoughts of good and not of evil. And so they have to be authentic and stop protecting these viruses and these programs that people have been feeding into our mind and say, it is okay if I don't think like everybody else. It is okay wow. if I don't rehearse the same thing everybody else rehearsed. Yes. It is okay Woo. that if, if even in a pandemic, I choose to be happy. It is okay that when everybody else is angry and rioting and going on, that I can still love people and still be compassionate, but I can also still be happy. It yeah. is okay for me to still have downtime. It is okay for me to still smile. It is okay for me to do that because 
I don't want my brain living and sitting in acid. Your body works extremely hard to keep you healthy. The body does what we call homeostasis. Every time we get out of balance, the body fights to bring us back into balance. It fights to bring us back into a place where we can stabilize yeah. and we can be healthy. But anytime we start eating wrong, thinking wrong, yeah. living wrong, we take away the ability for the body to be able to do that. And we make the body have to work extra hard, hard just to protect us. And so when you start thinking about my body shouldn't have to work that hard to keep me safe and protect me because I actually want to be here. Right. I actually want to leave, live life. Then right. that, that will give you the importance of saying, I got to protect this because I actually want to, I actually want to be here. I actually want to enjoy life. And so that is why it's important to protect your thoughts. Oh my gosh. Wow. So one thing that you talked about, one thing that you said, you talked about homeostasis, that our bodies is engineered to kind of heal itself. Yes. Bring, bring our bodies back into alignment. You also stated um, overstimulation of the brain is like yes. putting your brain in acid and causing deterioration when the, with fear. Fear releases glutamate. Help mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, doctor. Yes. And glutamate is like sitting your brain in acid and causing it to deteriorate because it's releasing a chemical because of that negative fear. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Guys, based off of this, these insights and this information, this information that Dr. Sequita has stated, it is dangerous to live in a life of mental fear. That's dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous. It's very, it's dangerous to live in a life where you got to be watching the news every day, where you're, I mean, where, you're, where, you're, where you're, you're talking about the same things every day. You have to break away. Your brain is not designed for that. It is designed to help you function in life and live your best life. It is not designed for, for continued fear, continued trauma, continued hits, because it, it's just not designed for that. Wow. Guys, I hope that you have enjoyed Dr. Sequita Sutton. I pray that you have received something some information, um, some insight uh, based off of the questions and the ways that she answered the questions, the practical guidelines, the practicality that she verbalized today. I hope that you're able to take something, hold it dear, take it home and implement it in your life to where you are on the road to revolutionary thinking. I pray that you will go home and that you will turn off the news a bit, that you will turn off Facebook, turn off a social media, or at least what you are consuming, change what you are consuming so that uh, your brain or, or your, your mental space will not consume so much negativity and so much drama, uh, drama and trauma and fear. Um, Dr. Sequita has given us so many nuggets. Oh my God. So many nuggets that will help us during these times and not just during these times, just for life, you know, for mm -hmm. life period beyond the pandemic, beyond these uh, social ills and racial injustices, beyond this point, 
of where we are in history, she has given us some information that will help us daily in our life, in business, in marriage, in relationships. She has given us some practical tools that can apply to multiple areas of our lives. So um, I hope, Wonder Women, that you are inspired, that you are ignited this evening to take control, to not react, but to respond. Uh, that was one thing that I, it just, uh, gripped me when she said that reaction versus respond. I hope that you are ignited to respond versus reacting, to be intentional and to take control. Dr. Sequita, um, I cannot thank you enough. You were totally the right person uh, for this podcast, for this episode. I am, uh, it is a privilege to be speaking to a woman of your caliber and your expertise and your information. I am, um, I, like I told you, I, I feel like a little girl with a popsicle and I am just so, so privileged uh, to speak with you. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to have to invite you on a uh, broadcast of Wonder Woman TV. You were so amazing. I have to live stream you. You, you were so, so amazing. I feel Thank like you. everything you have said uh, uh, needs to just be broadcasted. It needs to go beyond. It needs to go beyond. So um, um, I, I will be in your inbox once again, be in your Gmail once again. Um, Wonders, I hope you have enjoyed this. You know, as always, Wonder Woman podcast is published every Wednesday. Join me, subscribe, invite your girlfriends, invite your mothers, invite your cousins, invite all your sisters and your girlfriends to come and to join us here, Spotify, Google, uh, Outbreak, Apple Podcasts, to listen to the awesome content and the awesome testimonials and interviews that we have here on the Wonder Woman podcast. So once again, you know that we drink our coffee we collaborate and we champion the chaos you guys i hope you have enjoyed this dr sequita you are amazing you have become one okay, of my favorite wonder women and um <laughs> i'm just honored to have you here today ladies i adore you i absolutely love you work build and develop your superpower which is your mind okay which is yes. your mind and we will see you again next wednesday where we will release this episode revolutionary thinking on the wonder woman podcast bye